one. Welcome back to Keeping It Real on Be More Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Jonathan, and I'm with my man. Slap your boy Kevin Moore. Glad right, to be most back. Definitely. Most definitely. Good, good, awesome. We have a very special guest today on Keeping special It Real. Oh, yeah. One of the superstars of a critically acclaimed Netflix series, Last Chance Basketball. They switched from football. They started doing basketball now, uh, which I, I think is a really dope concept, uh, you know, being able to switch from football going to basketball. You can tell, I think you can tell like a little bit more intimate stories. What about you, Kevin? What you think? Oh, yeah, for sure. I was, I was, I was excited when they decided to make the move from uh, football to basketball because I feel like, I feel like the fans wanted to see a different sport. You know, they got to see football. For the last few years so you know uh, I, I feel like they wanted to switch it up and i'm glad they chose basketball um really intense competitive sport and they chose they chose the perfect school in my in my opinion so yeah. i'm definitely definitely glad yeah awesome all right this uh, i'm gonna give a short bio a coach uh it's his second season as an assistant at east la community college he had a very successful 20-year run as a head coach at notre dame high school in riverside california uh, Coach Rob, he was born in Kansas City, Missouri, and he moved to yeah. California to finish high school. After graduating, he went to Allen Hancock Community College, played at Stephen F. Austin State University, and then he, he ended his playing career at UC Riverside. He also ran track at UC Riverside, qualifying for the NCAA National Championship Finals in the high jump in 96. He is one of the many stars in Netflix's Last Chance U, which premiered back in March. Coach, how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, John and Kev. I'm I'm doing well as as, as stereotypical as, as it is. I mean, I was in traffic. It's <laughs> just I was hustling. I was in LA traffic. I was in the office today. Uh, one of our first days actually back in the office, and I was cleaning up things and um, jumped on that freeway, and I was stuck. But I was I was grinding to get here. I was chewing it up to get here to, to be here on time. Awesome, man. We, we're really glad to have you. All right, we're going to get right into it. I want to ask, yeah. uh, I want to start with the series first. I want to yeah. I want to ask, what is the significance of the exposure that something like Last Chance U can bring to JUCO's community colleges as a whole? That is um, uh, the 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 significant impact that we had is is um, that our show had in East L.A. has had on J.C.'s. It's going to be pretty big, especially from a basketball standpoint. As you alluded to earlier, the the football football has done it, and so the country. If, like if you're really into sports, then you probably watched the football show and got a feel for what JC like football was, um, but you didn't get a feel for like the rest of the culture of community college or or JC. And and I think after the show came out, that's that's the thing we're like we were most proud of as a staff is that uh, I think we shone a light on on junior college across the country and not from a sports standpoint but like from what it can do for young men and how how like if if community support like what we're doing like we can really support young men and, and help them get through some difficult situations um or just be that transitionary period from from high school to to a four-year college or out into the workforce so we were that's the thing we were kind of we, we were most pleased about, not necessarily the entertainment factor of the show, but that like we shone a light. And so if you got anybody in the world or anybody, I mean, anybody in America, if, if there's a junior college close, you know, they support them because if you support what we do, like we're really making a difference in, in young people's lives. All right. Awesome. Now, I want to ask next, what is the show 
specifically done for East LA since its release, like effect on the players, coaches, the school, like the, the, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, uh, there's, it's, it's a before and after, like there, there was East LA and, and it was our East LA community college basketball team. And then the show came out and now it's, it's definitely an after it's, it's not a stretch to say that we are, we were, we're, probably the the most famous junior college in America, like presently, especially in the in the sports world. Uh, so you're recognized. Uh, you're recognized uh, everywhere you go, um, different places. I think the, the coolest thing is being recognized in gyms, though. Uh, I have to tell you that every every gym I go in, uh, I've lived my whole life in gyms. My entire life has been spent in a gym. But the uh, I'm recognized whenever I go. I go to a high school game. The kids recognize me. Little kids recognize you. And that's that's pretty cool, especially from a recruiting standpoint, when they know you before you know them. So it's a uh, it's been uh, it's, it's Netflix will change some things. I'm mm-hmm. going to take <laughs> Netflix will change some things, but it hasn't been completely overwhelming. Our head coach probably gets a little bit more than than what I get. Um but it's uh, it hasn't been overwhelming, and I've I've really I've I've enjoyed the uh, the exposure and and things just like this, talking to you you guys and being able to talk sports with people. I've been on shows in in, in France and, and Texas and England and and wow. South America, Brazil, and and just meeting different people and then talking hoops. It's uh, it's it's been incredible. Man, we we got we got a popular figure here right here, man. We got a. We have to take advantage of this presence he's blessing us with. <laughs> right. Uh, hey, boy, hey, you better you better jump on it now because these windows ain't big. Ain't nobody gonna ain't nobody gonna remember brother come September. No, we will. We will. I was gonna say y'all up there with the UCLA's and the the Cal Berkeley's now. Like, hey, that is a you know what it's um it's a hey, it's it is it is weird. It is weird to like I could be standing next to UCLA's coach at a gym and they wouldn't know who he is. <laughs> like they don't know who that guy, you know. They, they, I mean, he's really short. He's an incredible coach, man. That guy can go, man. But like they wouldn't like kids wouldn't even know. They'd be like, hey, look, there's Coach Rob. And they'd be like, well, who's the short white guy next to him? Like, who that guy? So, uh, but there is a difference though, because I'm pretty sure that dude's pulling like five mil a year. So, <laughs> <laughs> There's a big difference. Throw the money figure in there. money, man. (laughs) But it is. But even from our player standpoint, like you know, our our players are more are more recognized than the players at at USC and some LA and and some gyms. But that is, uh, like I said, that 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 exposure will will change things. Uh, Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So going back to the, the the Netflix series, so did the did the show itself bring a change amongst the players when the cameras were on them you know did they kind of like switch gears like the light switch on and off when the cameras did, were yeah. on yeah, well, off? yeah the um it it's a, it was it was adjustment for all of us i mean because uh, like one day there was there's no cameras you know there's no microphones and then like like that the next day there is and i remember the first time they came on campus actually the first time they came on campus they came for they came for the first week of school and it was really laid back they just kind of did the gym mm-hmm. and and like the tryouts and they really weren't in depth so we kind of thought that's how it was going to be but when they showed up later or when the season started now nah, it was real 
and uh, they'll like, you know, I, I pull up and I get out my car and when I get out my car, they mic me up mm. then, and then it starts. And then they, and then the guy's on it, he's got a camera and he follows me around for the rest of the day. And uh, at the beginning, it's, it's kind of, you kind of don't know what to say or how to interact and, and uh, you're kind of cautious, but after a week or two, you really, you really get used to it. And the players, they were a little extra in the beginning. Like the cameras came on, they was they was a little extra. Like they were a little louder, a little bolder, you know, just just a little a little bit. Uh, not in practice though, because our practices are so hard. You don't you don't have time to be extra. It's it's you don't you can't even think straight. It's, it's just we just gangster fools for two hours. So they <laughs> they can't even they if they try to be if they try there's not enough energy to be extra in basketball practice, but. Off the court, but then they got used to it. And that's one of the things that the show really got right was it's authentic. And the way those players acted, that's that's how they are. They weren't doing anything for the cameras. If you saw Coach Mosley, uh, that's the way he is. If you if you saw him in practice, you'd be like, you you'd just be like, My gosh, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. But then as soon as it's over, coolest guy you've ever been around, just like in the show. And uh they they nailed that aspect of it. And once we all kind of got used to it, it was, uh, it was, it was simple to, to fact, like when, when it was over, even today, like I, I was just saying, this is one of the first days, today's one of the first days I've, I've been in the office. Like I worked today in the office and it was weird not having those cameras there actually. Cause uh, <laughs> my memory of being there is like, you know, as I'm sitting at my desk, I would just be doing this at a computer and there's a, like, you know, there's a camera like right there. Right. <laughs> like right there. <laughs> And then you're mic'd up all day. And, and as you guys probably can figure out, like you're not supposed to be mic'd up all day. Nobody. <laughs> right. like, no, nobody. Nobody is. No, no one should know what you're talking about the whole entire day. Mm -hmm. So it's a uh needless to say, they kept all that stuff out. They they made us look really good. I I sure appreciate them. They they know what they're doing. Last chance you knows what they're doing. That's good. Now um I want to know just like from the production side, did y'all y'all did y'all have the freedom? Like kind of tell them like, hey, like we don't want this shot on camera, uh, especially when oh, doing something. Yeah, yeah, with, like, sure. Yeah. You can. Um, th there were times. I mean, there was there was things going on in my life, and you know, my my wife would call, and I'd be like, hey, this is turn turn this off, or this is this isn't this isn't for the cameras, or even when you have an interaction with a player because they got some sensitive things that they're going through, and it's like that's like, hey, there there'll be none of this. Or, or hey, don't follow us in here. We're going to we gotta we gotta go talk about this. And they were really good. They were really good about about that. We gave them. I mean, they, we gave them ninety five percent access. They had access to everything, but there are some things that are that are sensitive to a to a young student athlete that that shouldn't be out there unless he wants it to be out there. And there's times where the kids would be like, "Hey, coach, let me talk to you," and but he only wanted to talk to me or he only wanted to talk to Mo. So it's um uh, that that did happen. But I mean, I. Most of the day, though, I would you would four three four times a day. I would be like I'd be talking just like I'm talking to you guys, and then I'd be like, "Hey, don't record this," <laughs> and, then, and then we and then we go on. But they recorded it. I'm sure they did. It's on the editing floor somewhere. Can you talk about the whole community college as far as the athletics in California, and talk about the the tough battles that the other states don't have to deal oh. with? Yeah, it's um, California Community College is a real grind. I mean, JC's everywhere is a grind. It it really is. Um, 
but California is interesting because we don't have any scholarships and we don't, we, we can't pay for tuition. We can't pay for books. We can't pay for housing. We can't pay for food. Um, it's, it's the system itself is designed for the community. Um, you're, you're supposed to, I, I, California community college don't have dorms. There's only a couple in the state of California that even have housing. So it's designed for you to live in your community and go to that, go to that college. So it's um, to say it's a challenge is, is an understatement. One of the, one of the things I think they left out of the show uh, is it was every day. It was, it was a miracle that we even had practice at three o'clock at where we are, because we only had a couple kids who lived close to East LA. Our kids lived everywhere throughout LA from, from the Valley to the Inland Empire, uh, to the fringes of Orange County, uh, to the Harbor area. Um, and if you, and, and on a map, if I was to show you that those places are not close, and especially in California where, you know, going 10 miles will take you an hour because of traffic. It's a, uh, it was, it was quite the task every day to get every kid on that campus, in class, in study hall, taped up at practice at three o'clock, like to go through that whole entire process. And and every day at three, we, this coaching staff and me and Mo, we would just look at each other and just, just like, thank God. <laughs> We're here, we can practice. Like, let, let's go, because so many things can go wrong. We got kids on trains and buses and Ubers and sharing rides. And it just, it was... It was quite the logistic battle, but that's what you got to deal with out here because, um, like, we don't, we, they don't, we don't have, we don't have dorms and housing, so we, were, we were just grateful. But that's one of the things I think the show kind of missed was how difficult it was for our students to mm. get to the school each day. Mm. Uh, mine was, I mean, I, I lived fifty miles away, and it was, um, I lived in the Inland Empire in Riverside. And I would drive down like every day and I'd spend three hours a day in, in my car and sometimes more in traffic just to get to that gym for, for practices and, and study hall. So it was, it was, it was tough. There's, um, there, there's a lot of challenges to coaching junior college and in California. Wow. Yeah. Like, like you said, the logistics, uh, that can bring a totally different level of pressure, uh, on trying to have success. I want to ask, how can you, how can you and the coaching staff make sure that the team gets to win while ensuring that the players get like the numbers, the exposure and the grades that they need to get to the next level? Yeah. Juco is a, is a, is an interesting dynamic. JC is because uh, if if you think about like, if you're on a highway and on a highway, you know, there's, there, there's, there's there's going east and then there's going west like the other way. But junior college, it's like that same highway, but both roads are going in the same direction. And that and those two roads are going to be the team and their success. And then the other road is the individual and then their success, because that's why they're there. They're, they're there. You go into junior college because you're trying to move on. And in our case, um, if you're good and there's 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 some pretty good ones out here in California and throughout the country when you have um when you have really talented guys uh that can be difficult because they have to do what they have to do while you're trying to win simultaneously so it's it's a real balance it's a real balancing act for the players now for the coaches it's pretty simple you you 
you teach fundamentals and you coach to win the game. You know, you have a philosophy of how you how you coach. Like our, our coach loves post players. And so he'd rather he'd rather take less of a post player than a better of a guard. That's just that's he just loves post guys. And so we're going to run our offense and we're going to get the ball inside. Um, and so guards aren't going to be featured um, as, as much. But he has such a good reputation. He's been so successful. Coach Mo has for the last six, seven years that uh, you don't have to you don't have to put up the big numbers on a winning team in order to move on. And, and also, uh, guys in college basketball, like if you're a scholarship athlete, you're a scholarship athlete. You can you can see it. Six, eight dudes that can jump. They're, they're not they're not working at the grocery store. It don't work like that. <laughs> no, they them, them dudes. People want them like they're like here. Like it, there's a there's a scene in the show where I'm talking about like if you're tall, like schools are literally like here. Here's money. Come to our school like like here. Here's an education. But if you're six one, you can be great. And they're not even looking at you. They're mm -hmm. like, yeah, boy, like whatever. There's there's a million six one dudes, but there's not a lot of there isn't a lot of big dudes. But it can be a challenge, you know, coaching a team and knowing that that kid has to be successful individually is as well. And that's where it can be tough. And when you see on the show all the emotion involved with a young man, I mean, that's on their wine. That's that's heaven. That's that's really heavy on their mentals the whole time. It's like, I got to do better so I can get out of here. I got to get this scholarship. And when you're 18 or 19 or 20, you don't understand big picture stuff. You know, you're so micro, you're not macro. And the the kids, you know, they they equate because if you if you played high school sports at all, you equate numbers with how good you were. Or that 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 was your like if you lost and you had 40, it was oh great game. That, that, that's that's <laughs> it. If you lost and had a couple touchdowns, hey, great game. It's 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 just a great game. And so they equate like their numbers with success. Whereas in college, uh, numbers don't really equate to success. Uh, we we played teams that had guys that averaged 25 points a game. And, you know, they, they're getting partial scholarships at a Division II or NAIA. And our guards average six and eight points a game, and they got Division I scholarships. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, it's not necessarily the numbers. But that being said, like, if you're an athlete, like, you, you know a D1 athlete when you, when you see it. Now, Skill wise, that can be, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of really good skilled basketball players who just don't have the size and the speed to, to be able to compete at, at the division one level. But they're really skilled basketball players. Uh, but, you know, a D1 guy when you see it, like when you it, the first time you ever walk into our gym and, and you see K.J. Allen spin and turn up and, and go up, you're like, yep, that's it. Right there, like like that. Yeah, that's that's it. Or or the, a guy like Malik, you know, he's six nine. When he has to duck to come into the door, you're like, okay, all right, that's 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 what it's supposed to look like, like like there. And even from a guard standpoint, man, you see that guard like boom, one dribble from the three point line, he takes off and bangs. You're like, okay, that's a D one, that's a D one guard. Like you 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 see it. So, but the challenge is real, fellas, on that on that highway with both going in the same direction. And Coach Mosley has to be cognizant of that at all times. He has to be thinking like it's their road and then it's the team's road. But he puts such an emphasis on the team road and our whole thing from the like right now, as we're dealing with kids getting ready for the summer. And then when we start in the fall, 
is getting them to buy into the success of the team. And if the team's successful, if you're a division one athlete and our team's successful, you're going to get out. And uh, that's what happened. Right? In our last season, we had uh, 10 sophomores and all 10 got a deal. All of them got a deal and, and got out. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. Have them think about the bigger picture. Yeah. That's a, macro. Yeah. yeah that's, that's a good point you made. Uh, you know, like being young, you come in like, oh, I, guess I just got to get the numbers. That's that's what they'll see. But Coach Mosley making the emphasis on team and bigger picture. Team, yeah, man, and, and, and trust. You know, um, we have to get those young men to trust in us. It's hard. Like we, we got We had a guy on our bench that we had a guy on our. Well, actually, I'll go to our point guard. Our point guard averaged about 27 a game in high school. He had a he had a 70 point game in high school once. Whoa. Right. Hi, um, this is Deshaun Hyler. No, LJ. Oh, L like, okay. like LJ. Like um, LJ is an incredible offensive player, but. Coach got him to just buy in to just, this is what you do. And what we're trying to get the kids to understand is that like what we're doing and what we're teaching, like that translates to the next level. And so that's what coaches want to see. So when you, when you see a guy, you know, getting 25, 30 a game at high school or the JC level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you don't, you don't see him do that in college. Exactly. And so, so when a college coach is coming in there, to our gym, they like they like what they see in our practices and our players because the same moves that they're making, the same shots that they're taking, translates to the Division One level, and that's and that's important because you, you guys, if if you can remember back to your old high school days, and and I've been in high school gyms for the last like two months watching every basketball game, um, it's it's volume, like dudes take 15, 16 shots. That's why they score so many points. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at a high level of college basketball, yeah, you get five shots, maybe seven. Right. That's, that's you better make the most of them. So they got to be good shots. And and so it's a um, it is it, it, it can be it can be a, it can be a struggle for those for those kids to make that adjustment and to trust us. Like it's hard to get to tell a kid like, dude, all right, trust me, seven points a game. We win 28 games. We win a championship. You're strong with the ball you're playing division one basketball. And he's like, how's that? How can that be? Like, how can that be? How, I'm not getting 30. Like, how can that be? <laughs> but you gotta, you gotta trust you guys. They, you gotta trust in the process. And that's what Mosley does better than anybody. He, he gets them to buy in. He gets them to trust. He has the track record. Uh, but as you saw on the show, it's not like it's easy. Mm. Yeah. They, they might trust you, but not like they don't fight you every day over. It. <laughs> now you talked, you talked about, trust in the process and how coach Mosley and your coaching staff do a really good job at getting your players to buy in. So can you talk about the mentor mentorship side of coaching, you know, how it's just not coaching, but being a mentor as well to these young men? Oh yeah. It's, it's, um, it's man. I, I missed the way my body felt when I was that age. But my goodness, I do not miss thinking like them fools think. That is that is for sure. And you have a heart for them because they you don't know no better when you're 18, 19, or 20. I mean, you you literally don't know any any better. And we are constantly, as coaches, constantly reminding ourselves every day that that was once us. That's that's the you have to realize that every day. Like that was once us. That that crazy thing he just said or just did. 
Like that was us like at, at one time. And so from a mentor standpoint, we see that and, and that's what we're trying. And that's what we're trying to build. The basketball is, is two, two hours out of 24 in a day. So the other 22 is where the real coaching happens. Like the basketball part is more teaching. Like you go on a court and you teach for two hours but then the other 22, you're coaching a kid up. And when I mean my coaching, like you're motivating him to be better than what he is because that's where life happens. Uh, you can learn some valuable lessons on that court. And that's what we're trying to teach, you know, uh, hard work, being part of a team, uh, being able to deal with like reactions and, and losing because uh, basketball is a hard sport. It's, it's tough to be successful. And when you're not as good as you think you should be or you don't play as much, like how do you how do you react to that? But yeah, we spend our whole day just trying to lead lead these young men to to be better young men, and and that can be tough even as a high school coach because you don't really get to see it, like yeah, like you don't get to see it. Like it happens eight years down the road, and they come back and be like, "Man, coach, man, you was right, and you did this, and it made a difference in my life." And then you're looking at the kid like, "Then why'd you make my life so hard? Why are you here? <laughs> you know, like why? How come you didn't listen to any of that when I was coaching you?" But, but you, but you're, but you're planting seeds, you know, and, and you're growing and, and, you, and these kids is growing, you know, on the show, uh, the, the biggest outwardly figure obviously was, was Joe Hampton, our, mm -hmm. our, our six, eight post player. And Joe's at Long Beach state right now. He has no issues. Mm -hmm. Like Joe's doing great, wow. but he had to get through what he had to get through right there. Like he was, he was hard on us. Like he made, he made our lives really difficult. Right. And so, but now he's like, Oh, I get it. You know? And that's what these kids need. Like that's, you don't get it at 18 or 19. You got to go through some things. And, and so that's, that's the big deal. The big deal is the 22 hours, not the, not the two, not the two. And so you gotta, you gotta mentor them. You have to build relationships with them. Uh, so, so they can't trust you on and off the court and, uh, and you gotta, you, you gotta accept that they're not going to always do right. You know, it's, uh, that's why they're there. Like you, you saw like on the show, we had a really talented basketball team. Mm. I mean, look, look, look at all the, we had, look at all the D one talent we had on our mm -hmm. team. Um, well, that only happens if something drastically went wrong in those kids' lives, like something went wrong for you to be that good and to be in our gym. And so that's what we're dealing with when they walk in the door. Like it's something. And so you got to help those kids get through that. And that's something usually isn't basketball. Like them kids can play basketball. They have the size and the speed and the strength to play basketball, but it's something else in their life that happened. And so that's what we're coaching. We're coaching to get them right in that aspect so that when they go to the next place, they use what we did so they can grow and then they can flourish to wherever they're going, whether that be, the division one level, the division two level, or more importantly, after they even get a degree. Yeah, most definitely the the relationships that and and we could see this through the series, like the relationships that y'all had with the players. Um, like the, I really like the scene with uh, Joe. He kind of had a tantrum, went in the locker room, but then Coach, uh, that, that was Coach Hunter. He had, he had yeah, went back there. And like like calmed him down, then he was able to come back out there and you know make it do what it do. Yeah, but yeah. it's yeah, it's just like that little stuff like that. It's just like wow, like, yeah, like man, and, you, you you got to be really connected to oh, to that player yeah. as a person. You really have. Well, what what I like to say is like the moment 
I meet you. Like if if you, Jonathan, today where you're going to you're going to commit to ELAC today and you're like, hey, I'm, we come to play for you, Coach Rob. At that moment, I'm building credit. This is when it starts. I'm building credit right now because Ken had been building credit with Joe Hampton for eight months and he had to cash it in on that day. That was the day he had to go in there and cash in that credit. And that's what you got to do with young men. You got to build that credit. You got to be authentic with them. You got to be real. You got to be willing to help them out. You got to be do you got you got to be there for them, knowing that when things get difficult during the season, like you're going to have to go in and and cash that back in. Like, hey, I built that up. Now I got to get paid, too. So I need you to put your stuff back on and go back out there and finish that practice. And. And uh, but that's one of the incredible things that Coach Hunter does. He's Coach Hunter can calm down any situation. Like, like yeah. I, I mean, any any situation. This whole last week, I got the news on in the background, and as usual, they triple in the middle. They just tripping in the Middle East. I'm like, hey, they need to call Coach Hunter because Coach Hunter, <laughs> Coach Hunter, run over there, man. Got everybody calm. Everybody, <laughs> everybody be chilled out, man. That dude is. Uh, he's definitely a calming influence because he doesn't raise his voice. Mm-hmm. Right and. And uh, he talks to you so real at, at all times. And um, and he has a way of his presence puts everything into perspective at all times. Everything is his, his presence alone. So, man, we're, we're grateful to have Ken. And he saves us with Joe that day when Joe went Joe, because that, that, that was happening all the time. Man, Joe was Joe was tripping on that show. He was <laughs> Joe was tripping. But, you know. Think about being that good and going through that. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, think about that, and and think about being that good and coach put you on the third team every day. Like, like Joe was acting out. Like you couldn't quite see the basketball dynamic at, of it, but I mean, he he wasn't rewarded. Like he he was on the third team with some red shirts, you know, and and, and the student manager out there hooping in practice, mad because they can't bring the ball up the court, but he done missed some practice, so you don't get to be on the first or the or the second team or or, or or think about the mental aspect of like a high D1. Like we we had a top at the time, we had a top five school in the country, a big 12 school, call Joe Hampton and talk to him and say, hey, we, we, we're going to need you next year. Like they wanted Joe Hampton. And then he gets off the phone and goes to practice and he's got on like a yellow jersey, like he's on the third string. That, that'll mess with you mentally, you know, and, and – but that's what he that's what he had to get to. But Joe's an incredible kid, one of the nicest, kindest, and giving guys you you've ever been around. Nice. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Quick shout out to Coach Hunter too, man. That's a that's a Detroit guy right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he oh he was just in Detroit. And when he says he's Detroit, he's Detroit. <laughs> he, 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 he talk he he talks every day like he still lives in Detroit. And I'm like, dude, you live in South Central, man. You know he. <laughs> He talks. He feel like he's in. He's in Detroit. He he's still tapped in with everybody there at at oh, all good. times. That dude is. That dude is. Yeah. Even anyone he talks, it's, it's Michigan basketball. It's <laughs> live football. Like it's, 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 he acts like he ain't even. He acts like he ain't even L.A. Man, he's, he's all like all, all the time. Yeah. All right. Um. We gonna switch gears. We winding down now. Uh, I was doing my research. I came across something really interesting, Coach. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> something really, yeah, something really interesting. <laughs> what you got? Uh, I want to talk to you about your experience as a player coach. 
of the Columbus Cagers <laughs> of the USBL. Oh, not, man. Not coach. You was, <laughs> wow. for wow. context, you were 25 years old. 25. Yeah. 25 mm-hmm. years old as a player coach of a of a professional league. Like, how, yeah. how does that happen? How does that happen? Man, it was, um, oh, man. It was, when I tell you it was an experience, bro, that's, that's, it, it was. I, um, the team was in Tampa Bay like the year before, and um, uh, my uncle knew the owner. And when they were in Tampa Bay, and they decided to move to Columbus, and uh, he he had got me in, and uh, so I was I was there, and I was I was more of the assistant general manager when it started, um, but I I had worked my way into practicing with uh, with with the, with the guys. I was capable of playing playing with them, but my kind of career was going in a different direction, but. I had suited up a couple games and, and as I was kind of getting my groove and, and getting kind of getting getting myself in shape and, and thinking maybe I might be able to do something in this league, they fired the coach who was uh Bobby Knight's kid, Pat Knight, who was a great oh, guy. Wow. A great guy, man. He was a lot of fun to to be around. A uh, good coach too. Um, but uh they they had fired him and they came in and they were like, Hey, uh either you're the coach or the season's over. Like what was what's it gonna be? And <laughs> And then, and then that's when the fun began. <laughs> that's that's when the fun began because b- before that, like you know, you would fly to you would fly to Tampa, you'd fly to DC, or you'd go to these places. And I, when I tell you, they they literally gave me the keys to a to a rented van. It's like, all right, you got dr- you're gonna drive the team to the games. So it was me and like eight or nine brothers, and we was rolling up and down the East Coast like Raleigh, Camden uh new hampshire it was um it was it was it was quite the experience because i was young you know i was i was i was young you know when one night i'm out i'm drinking beers with the guys and hanging out and the next day i'm i gotta sub them in and out so it was um it was uh it was an interesting experience but it was it was cool i met some cool people i mean the league even the coaches itself like rick berry was a coach uh earl curitan from the from the mm-hmm. back in the day was a yeah. coach. Hey, Daryl Dawkins was a coach in that uh, league. So there's me with all these dudes, like like coaching, and uh, we was winning too. Like we was winning. We got to the final four of, of that of that league. It was it was cool. It was it was a cool experience. But it was um man, it was it. I, I learned I learned a lot about about people, and I learned a little bit about the game, and and just being around professional guys. Cause there's, there's no holds bar with men. That is, hey, that is, that is, that's true. But I was, I was one at the same time, you know, I was, mm-hmm. I was one at the same time. So it was, it was a really, it was a really good coaching experience. But, you know, if you, when you're playing in the minor leagues back then, it, there was no money, there was no health care. It was, it was rough. It was, it was, it was really rough. So I was recently married and uh, my wife was about to have our first boy, KJ. And, uh, and after like doing that for three or four months, I was like, "Now nah, I'm out. Like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go back." And that's how I landed in high school. I was like, mm-hmm. "Let me get some. It's a little, little, little slower down here. That's, that's more my, more my pace." But it was quite, it was quite the experience of it, like it's, it was me in the van and like and and eight, six, nine dudes in in a van, driving all up and down the East Coast for two months, just balling, just just hooping, mm-hmm. just. And you can imagine the stuff they was getting into everywhere. I mean, because it wasn't like I was like, you know, I'm 
There's no chaperones. I ain't no babysitter. These is men. <laughs> These dudes is men, men. You know, they, they they acting up everywhere we go. And I was just just hopeful they was at the van the next morning or got to the <laughs> arena on <in> time. <laughs> each each game. So it was yeah, it was it was quite the experience. All right, that's good. All right, to to close out, we want to hit you with some quick hitters. Sure. I'm gonna ask you a question. Like just just say like the first thing that comes to your mind. All right, you ready? I'm a, I'm a, the answer is chicken. <laughs> hey, one right, thing, man, I'm, glad, I'm glad you said chicken because one thing Coach Rob can do is cook. Oh, I remember, yeah. I remember, that, I remember the show where, where they went up to the cabin and you, th- you threw down over there. I was oh, like, yeah, yeah. I, well, I'm from, I'm from Kansas City. And if, if you can't barbecue and you're from Kansas City, they'll take your city car. They won't let you in the city. <laughs> you got to. You got to be able to barbecue and smoke a rack if you're from KC. So I've, I've been doing that my whole life. All right, dope, dope. All right, uh, first question: Your pick for the NBA Finals? Who's playing and who wins? Ooh. My pick for the NBA Finals. Um, well, that's an interesting. I I think uh, I know the popular pick is Brooklyn, but I think Milwaukee gets out. This I think Milwaukee gets out this year. Um, hmm. Only, and I'm a, and it's not sentimental. It's kind of seems like the law of averages to me. It's like they I think they should have got out the last couple years and they didn't. And when you're supposed to do it, it's kind of difficult. But right now it's like the Nets and the Sixers are kind of probably be favored a little bit. And when that happens, usually the tide turns. So it almost feels like it almost feels like the 76ers in the in the early 80s when it's like it's just their turn. You know, it's like it's their turn to to do it. And they got the team to do it. That's not the question. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not the question. They got the squad to do it. Uh, they they won a game the other day. And I just saw that dude didn't make a shot outside the free throw outside the paint. Like he was over 13 outside the paint. Big boy. And mm-hmm. I was driving the night. My son was in the car. He said, like, yeah, they up 30. Like he said, they was who right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I, I, I think Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee gets out in the West is complicated. Mm. And the West is complicated. It's complicated because the Lakers didn't play. Like they, they don't even look right on, on the court. Like if, if they could have been straight since, since February, I don't think anybody beats them four out of seven games. You can beat the Lakers. You can beat them, but beating the Lakers four out of seven would have been very difficult. If, if, if LeBron's healthy and he feels like running up and down the court, because if that dude feels like running up and down the court, you're not going to beat the Lakers. Yeah. He's, he's unstoppable. What he does is unstoppable. And, and AD, if he's if he's in his if he's in his groove and he's in if he's healthy and he's in shape, then he scores thirty every other game. And and if LeBron is where he's at and AD is doing that, they were going to win the West. The West is open now because of that this situation. This is what I think. If the Lakers get past Phoenix, NBA is going to have problems with them because. Mm. They need a two or three more weeks to kind of get this thing together. If they're going to get them, I think right now is the time. Two, a couple weeks from now, if they're healthy and they get to play seven, eight games, then um, at the high level, because that's another thing, you know, in the playoffs, they're playing real basketball. Like the NBA is incredible, any of those 82 games. Don't get me wrong. But the playoffs is is like they play on both ends for 48 minutes. Yeah, and rotations too. And Yeah, it is. And so, so you're getting quality minutes. So like during the regular season, like you need – four, six, eight weeks to catch your groove. In the playoffs, you only need seven, ten days because of how you are playing. So they only need about seven, ten days. And if they can get past Phoenix, it'll I think it'll be the Lakers and and Mil- 
Lakers in Milwaukee. I don't. I'm not buying Utah. I'm not buying Utah at all. I'm not. Why not? Hey, well, why I'm not? gonna tell you, tell you why I'm not buying Utah because I've never bought Utah. Like, yeah, like <laughs> I've never bought Utah. Uh, never. Um, it, when I when I was a kid, I remember the first time I even saw the Jazz play. I remember like it didn't even look right. Jerseys didn't look, <laughs> didn't even look right. I'm like, nah, that, I ain't messing. Ain't nobody messing with you. So they have they've had some great teams though, especially those Malone teams. Yeah, they, Stockton. Yeah. They had Malone and they had and they had Stockton, but that was also the that's also the nineties. And, um, yep. and I don't I don't necessarily count the nineties so much. Uh the greatness of MJ, no question. I, mm-hmm. There's no denying that. But um expansion ruined the league and there was there was no more great teams. Like there there just wasn't. Like if you look back and even MJ's MJ's teams, you'll be like, Well, who'd he beat? And then it'd be like one person. On each team that he played, that he beat. Like you still had to win it, but if you was in the '80s and you won a championship, you played against five Hall of Famers that started on the Celtics or the Pistons or the Sixers or the Lakers. Like the whole team was Hall of Famers. And so when we got to the '90s when it got watered down, when you know L.J. and Alonzo and all those dudes were on expansion teams instead of being in the league, it was um, it kind of got it kind of got watered down. So. The West, Utah. I'm not. I'm not really. I'm not really buying them. Uh, I'm not. I'm not buying them. Yeah, I tell you what. I do like though. I like. I buy. I like Dallas. I liked how Dallas was set up to, to, to go. Clippers are very talented. Clippers. Clippers are talented. We get to see them out here, but don't nobody care. No, I don't care what the Clippers do. Do don't 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 nobody care. You know, you, you can go to a Clipper game tonight and get you a ticket for like thirty bucks outside. Yeah, you literally. <laughs> Like if you went down there, I don't know if they're playing tonight or tomorrow night. But if you went down to the Staples, there's dudes out there selling tickets for thirty bucks. Whereas the next, the ne- next week, it's four hundred bucks when the mm. Lakers. You know, it's you know it's the Clippers. They're about to move down to Inglewood, and they might be able to, they might be able to do their own. They might be able to do their own thing over there in Inglewood. That's a cool little spot to, to to play. But so, I like I like Milwaukee. I like Milwaukee. And if the Lakers get out of Phoenix, I like I like the Lakers, and I think it'll be I think it'll be it'll come down to Phoenix and Dallas. I don't think Denver has enough because they lost their best offensive player. Dame's going to make any game interesting, but um, I think I think Dallas I think Dallas if if they can clip the Lakers, it's going to come down to Dallas or Phoenix. Mm. And my dark horse, call me crazy, but I, my dark horse is. Is is Dallas and Milwaukee, which nobody wants to see. You know, nobody, nobody, nobody yeah, wants that. To see that. Like, 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 we'll watch it because it's basketball, right. right? But, but if that time comes, man, and it's Brooklyn and LA, the world will stop. The world will stop, and we will all watch, and it will feel like Lakers, Celtics, Lakers, Sixers, Detroit. Lakers. It'll feel like that because of all of the talent on the floor at one time. So that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for Lakers Nets and something that you know that that we'll always remember. All right. All right. Second, uh, second one. Your favorite recruiting story. My favorite re my favorite recruiting story. Oh man. Well, shoot, when I was recruited. Or when I was, <laughs> uh, either one, either when you were recruited or hey, or you recruiting a player. Oh man, I'll tell you my favorite recruit store when I was recruited. That I I was recruited. Uh, San Diego State brought me in for the weekend. 
Um, and San Diego State is close to the border, like by Tijuana. And I think I was on campus for 10 minutes. Like they drove me right by San Diego State. And it was it was just one crazy weekend. That was it. And then they drove me back past San Diego State on the way. And they stopped and said, hey, we want you to sign. And I didn't see no classes, no buildings. I didn't know where I was going to live, like nothing. I was just I was hanging out with basketball players like in, in, in Tijuana and downtown San Diego. That was that was a that was a cool story. But from a from a recruiting standpoint, I would say, um, hey, you know what? Just recently, um, <laughs> I went to go watch a I went to go watch a team, two really good, two really good high school teams. And I'm going to recruit a kid. And so after the game, I go outside and his entire team lines up to take a selfie with me one at a time because <laughs> the, 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 the entire team and they were really cool about it and uh, they were great kids. And so that's that's when I knew like, wow, like this, that show really can change some things like fools know who you are. They they really do. But that's their story. Now, every time I go to meet a kid and I've probably been. I probably seriously recruited about six or seven here in the last month. Like all of them wanted to take a picture with me for Instagram or Twitter or something. So that was, that's, that's interesting. That's the story. Yeah, like, like I said, he, he famous around here now. Everybody. Yeah. Hey, well, <laughs> well, you know, if, if you're part of the basketball community, it's not very big. And so, yeah. If you're a real hooper, then you watch the show. I don't care what gym you're in, whether it be Florida, Texas, California, Detroit. Like you watch, you watch it because you mm-hmm. a ball. Right. And so that community is pretty small. So if like I can go, I can go into the football stadium, Alabama. They might not know who I am, but if I go into the basketball arena, and there's they might they're gonna because our community is so small, they'd be like, oh shoot, shoot, that's Coach Rob. Even with the mask on, people just notice the dome glistening. And they just, <laughs> they just, they didn't just see it. And they'd be like, is that, is that, is that coach Rob? And I look at him like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm trying to keep light skin going. I'm going to keep this <laughs> as, long, as long as I can. I'm going I'm, 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 I'm to keep, keep it in, man. Mike tried to ruin it for me in the nineties, bro. I fought, through. <laughs> I fought through, I fought through when Mike, Mike had everybody think you had to be tall and dark for a minute. <laughs> Yeah, we was able to make a comeback in the 2000s. I'm trying to hold on. I'm gonna keep it going. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> All right, your uh, your favorite moment from the Netflix series? Uh my my favorite moment from the Netflix series. Now, you know what? No one's really asked me about my 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 favorite moment. I've had some. My favorite moments were probably not the wins. It was it was just. Uh, sometimes just watching Coach Mosley lose his mind—that was that was my favorite <laughs> moment throughout the throughout the whole throughout the whole season. Actually, you know, my probably my favorite moment was um, we were we were in Pasadena, we we're at Pasadena City College, and um, one of our players, a Pac-12 team, came to watch one of our players play, and he didn't play well at all. And we go into the locker room, and the coach is coach is upset and mad. We won the game but he's upset because the kid lost his opportunity. Mm. Like the head coach and the top assistant came from Pullman, Washington to come watch this kid play because they wanted to offer him a scholarship and he didn't play well at all. And so coach goes in there and then it comes to him as he's talking to the kid that his girlfriend came in town. So his girlfriend is out of town. So she comes in town and, uh, 
And he tell and, and he's talking to Kenny. He goes, wait, and your girlfriend's here. And he goes, what? He said, you gonna ruin the scholarship? You know, for that? He was like, is it that good? He's like, is it that good? And he's yelling at him. And in the back, Deshaun, you know, Deshaun Hyler, right? Yeah. Deshaun Hyler. And he wasn't even quiet about it really either. But he looks up at me, right? And he's like, hey, Coach Rob, it might be that good. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone, you know, and, and it kind of broke the ice at that moment. And everybody just started laughing. Like that, like that, that moment, but you didn't get to see that, but that was that was probably one of the funniest things I've I've seen in a locker room under those circumstances. Yeah. When he say that, but you know, when you coach and you're around that, I mean, that's that's every day. Like like every day, those those kids will they'll make you laugh, they don't make you cry, but they'll definitely bring out some emotion in you. Dope, dope. All right, final one. What is the most important thing? that you want viewers to know about the JUCO experience after watching uh, Last Chance Youth Basketball? Um, that the, the most important thing is, is about giving, giving young kids a chance. And uh, it doesn't have to be basketball. Like, it doesn't. Like, every, everyone comments, like, they can't believe how much patient we had or why we kept guys on the team or, or why, how, do you, how do you deal with that? But it's like these these kids can make it like like just things have happened in their life. They needed help at that moment. Like they needed us at, at that at that moment. And it doesn't have to be us like it could be anybody. It could be the guy who owns, you know, the Ace Hardware store. And, and, and the young kid is going through something who works for him. Like get get that kid a chance, like help him fight through it. And and that's what I wanted everyone to, to kind of get from that and, and see is that a hey, just. I know they say last chance, but just, you know, you, you got to give them a chance and, and understand when young people make mistakes. And and I say every day that, like, I, I wipe the whiteboard clean every day. No matter what happened today, like, I'm going to go to the office tomorrow morning and I'll wipe the whole board clean and you get a fresh start with me today. As long as you come through that door and you're committed to be here, then I'm going to be committed. And if and if more if more of us out there, you know, in in, in, in our country, if they if they if they saw young people like that, we could really help some young brothers get through, man, and and, and get through that because a eighteen to twenty four is rough. It is for a, for a myriad of reasons. It is it is the pitfalls and things that can happen to you between that age, and uh, you just you just need a little help and a little guidance and a little patience and just understand like on the back end of that, just like with our basketball team, you can't see the micro in a young man. You got to see the macro down the road. And he could really be something one day. And so you got to, you got to, you got to invest in that. And that's what I want everybody to see about JC basketball is, is like, hey, he's, don't, don't throw those kids away, man. Build them up. And it doesn't have to be basketball. It could be anything out there that young people are, are doing. Just give them a chance, man. Hey, give them a shot. Be patient and uh, get them through no matter what. Just get them through. All right. Give them a chance. Get them through. Get them a All chance. Right, coach. Oh, we appreciate you. That's going to be a wrap. That that's a wrap with Jonathan and Kev. Right, hey, both yep. you guys in Detroit? Yes, yes. yes both of us, we are in Detroit. Both you guys are both in Detroit. Hey, that's hey, man, that's pretty cool, man. I I did have I think I had one other person uh, in this process from Detroit that I had talked to, but he wasn't in Detroit when he had he had done it. But he was a Detroit dude. Uh, but that's yeah, that's pretty cool, especially my connection with Coach Hunter, man. That's that's oh yeah. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. that's pretty interesting. Are you guys Lions fans? 
Unfortunately, oh. yeah. Die hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Die I'm, hard. Die hard. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's changing hard, this year. Yeah. It ain't. It ain't no. It ain't no. Uh, unfortunately, it's changing this year. Uh, New regime. Hey, I don't know what's going on with. I don't. You, you'll like golf. I think. I think you'll like golf. <laughs> I, no, I watched him. I watched him play. I watched him play. I mean, he's he's not going to win any games for you, but you know what? He won't lose one. <laughs> he won't lose one. And when you're trying to build something, you can't lose games. And he's not going to lose games. So it's – I think Detroit can be 8-8 eight and eight next year. So feel good about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm right, hoping. That would be a big accomplishment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, most definitely. That's a wrap for Keeping It Real on Be More Radio with Jonathan and Kevin. We'll catch y'all at the next one. All right, Kevin. Man, we had a very special guest in Coach Robinson from East LA Community College, one of the stars from Last Chance U Basketball. Kevin, I just want to ask you like a quick takeaway from your show. Like, like what did you learn about that, or like, what do you think that was cool or important to know about it? Uh, honestly, you know, one big takeaway from the show is that you know, JUCO is a grind, man. It's a it's a true grind. Um, you know, seeing those young men uh, in that in that atmosphere, and you know, like Coach Robinson said, you know, those California JUCO schools don't have scholarships, so they have to find their own living, have to get their own transportation. So just to see them do that consistently every single day, uh, just just to get that scholarship and move on to the next level, it just shows like it's a different type of grind for in that juco atmosphere and those players put in the work uh, we obviously we, we all saw that they were a really successful team and who knows what could have happened if you know covid didn't end their season but you know i i enjoyed everything from the first to the last show yeah most definitely uh, i really liked coach's insight um you know about like the logistics and some of the things that the show didn't necessarily have like about the travel uh, like some of the more some of the more personal stuff and like how that pressure can be uh, added on top of things that they're already dealing with right. and of uh, you see the Netflix series them you know just navigating and managing through that uh, I really like coach's point about the um, about being able to balance mentorship and coaching because like because to them they know it's not it's not all about what's going on on the court about dribbling the ball it's about, you know, like what they do outside of it, you know, the stuff that's going to keep them there or move them on to the next level. No, absolutely. We got to see that firsthand watching watching the series because a few players, they were going through some personal stuff off the court, you know, and as a coach, if you don't have that relationship or that mentorship with them, you don't know what they're going through. But the coaches, you know, made it comfortable for the players to come talk to them you know about whatever they were going through and that's really important um for the success of a team as a whole not only just on the basketball court but outside the court as well so yeah coach robinson i, I loved how he explained that and talked about that with us uh, so yeah i mean it's I'm, I'm excited you know it was it was unfortunate that they didn't get to play this past season um but you know come 20 what 2022 you know, East LA, they it's gonna be a, be a school on the map. So, oh yeah, most of them more on the map than they already are. Right. Uh, yeah, COVID did knock them out from that last season, but they are gearing up for this season for this fall. But um, 
But yeah, hey, that's that's a wrap for keeping it real on Be More Radio. You listen to us every Tuesday and Thursday at at noon and also at 7 p.m. on the Be More Radio app and wherever else that you get your streaming podcasts. See you on the next one.